A new dimension. A new journey. A new name. It's The Luminaries with David Goldberg. This time I'm joined by Chiquitita, the grand princess of Bushwick drag, who's come to talk about growing up fast, choosing her new name, and what comes next. But first, some thoughts on my own name. Thanks for listening. You are about to enter a vortex of power, a place beyond imagining, where birth and death, dark and light, joy and pain, meet and make one. You are about to step between the worlds, between time, outside the realm of your human life. Okay, I thought we would open with a little Starhawk. God lover. You know, I keep... um, the spiral dance on my night chant at my nightstand at all times. And it just is the tea. And for anyone who wants to embrace change in life, I recommend it. It is a book on witchcraft, but it's really more a book about facing the cycles of change. And speaking of the cycles of change, this interview was pretty major for me. Um, I interviewed Chiquitita in July, and on the DL at the time of recording, um, she revealed to me that she was changing her name. And when you listen to the interview, you'll realize that the interviewer, me, is a ding dong because even though I. <laughs> okay. If you were at Bushwig last year, then you are aware of like one of the great performances of time, which is Charlene and Chiquitita, formerly known as Juku, at the time Juku, um, and at the time of interviewing going by Juku, um, performed Chiquitita by ABBA, which, as Melissa Stokowski has famously said, is one of the great protest songs of all time. I literally have a picture of them doing it on my door right behind me where I record. And when she brought up that she was going to be taking on the name Chiquitita, that that na- that that song had kind of been like an initiation right for her. It completely like didn't even click. I was just I thought so much about it as like a name of affection that I didn't even catch the ABBA reference. So I just want to give you that preface. But Juku is like so major and I've interviewed her before and the reason I wanted to interview her now is because I know that she's someone who in 22 years has lived a lot of life and has really carved her way in the world and especially in the drag scene like she's so claimed this space as an artist so young with so much confidence and perseverance and power and Since the interview, I've gone, it's given me more than I could have imagined because having her tell me and disclose to me at the time that she was changing her name to Chiquitita, which she just announced this week um, in August, it like, I don't know, it just, it's kind of sent me on a journey and it's a journey that I think I was already on, but she gave me a little bit of a push. 
I just feel like, and I've shared this, but since everything started in March, I've gone inward in really profound ways and in really concerning ways too, but I feel sometimes, I, I especially felt this in the spring, like I have boarded a spaceship, but the spaceship is in my room and it just, I just feel like when all the noise of the world kind of came to a halt and like the life I was leading and the noise of that also was silenced. And when I had a chance to like go into darkness, um, I realized how much I needed to be here and how much of me and what I present to the world and how I interact is really old and outdated. And I'm not saying it's like bad and that it all needs to be like castigated, but I just, I've so for this, for this year, I've so craved time in darkness and to be in a cocoon. And I've really, I've really felt covetous and jealous of a lot of my friends who are able to so deftly and cogently express themselves, like especially in the digital sphere, because I just feel like so it feels like the more I've gone inward and the more I've like gotten to know myself this year, the harder it's been for me to like present into the world. Um, I just read all of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, which I'd never read before and which is one of the most beautiful things I've ever read. And the Swamp Thing's whole thing is that he is like basically sorry okay the swamp thing is a dc superhero who is a, a scientist who fucks with like radioactive chemicals gets burned alive and crashes into a swamp and he's like reborn as this swamp monster called the swamp thing but in the alan moore series he understands that Actually, when he crashed into that swamp and he was burning alive, he did die, but that the swamp itself absorbed his consciousness. And now he's not really who he was before. He's actually like a con the, the swamp itself has just taken his consciousness and he, his body, like his swamp, swampy monster body he can discard it at any time and grow a new one. And he can always return into the swamp, into the green. And I don't know. I just feel like the like David body that's, that goes out into the world is becoming more and more expendable to me. And like the swamp David, who is like my deeper consciousness is like so is buried, you know, in the water. And I, I just, I felt so paralyzed from posting or speaking truth. And I felt really guilty about that and really ashamed because there have been times when 
one should be speaking out, especially this year. But anyways, I just, so I felt this dissonance and I've also felt since about April, I've, I've felt ready to have a new name, a new name in the world and a name that's my own. Um, because there's just, it's been a long 30 years. And when I hear people say my name, I don't know who we're talking about necessarily. And I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful for everything it means and all the other people I get to share it with. But, um, I just want something that's my own. And I've wanted that for a while, but to like give myself a new name has felt like I would just be adding more. Um, I just be giving myself another, like I'd be trapping the swamp thing consciousness just in another body, but I wouldn't be allowing it to be in a state of change and transformation, which is what I need because I feel like every month I just feel like a new person every month. And I just feel like, I don't really know. There's four more months left of my Saturn return. I don't really know what this project of David is going to look like in a few months, let alone a month. So it's it's been hard to think of that, um, of a way to allow myself space to be in constant upheaval. But... Um, for my birthday, some dear friends gave me Cosmos and Psyche by Richard Tarnas. And it's exhaustive. It's so intense. It's like 500 pages of the history of human society since Copernicus, all told through astrological transits. But anyways, this is what I have recently learned. Nietzsche and I have somewhat similar astrology in that we both have an exact Pluto sun opposition. Um, so what the, listen, what that means is Pluto, which is Hades, God of the underworld, um, is directly opposing my son and Pluto for anyone born in, in my generation is in Scorpio, which is like death, sex, manipulation, and truth. And my son is in Taurus, uh, in my house of home. Um, and when I read this about Nietzsche, I understood a lot more about myself. Um, okay, here's some Nietzsche quotes I've discovered through Richard Tarnas. One must have chaos inside oneself to give birth to a dancing star. Richard Tarnas describes him as Nietzsche's identification with life as a state of ceaseless flux, evolving, transforming, dying, and regenerating. Behold, I am that which must overcome itself again and again. And then he has, oh, and then, and only where there are great, only when, where there are graves are there resurrections. And then I found this out because as I'm recording this, by the way, my head is in searing agony. I'm going through like 
another month of post-COVID exhaustion. I've basically just been like Edith Piaf at the end of La Vie en Rose, where she's just this like withered hag who they roll around on the beach. But so I just, and I I really have been like, is this ever going to end? Am I always going to be in these states of like deep darkness, suffering, physical malaise, mental anguish, and then coming up uh, in these surges of power and realization. Is this who I am? Um, And then I learned that Nietzsche, who has this similar opposition, um, suffered from, quote, incessant illness, debilitating weakness, and blinding headaches. This is what Nietzsche says. I have a subtler sense for signs of ascent and decline than any man has ever had. I am the teacher par excellence in this matter. I know both. I am both. So listen, I know that this is kind of confusing and reductive, but basically what's what's what I learned learning about Nietzsche, which um, my dear friend who gave me the book pointed out to me is like this opposition of going from the sun straight into Pluto into hell and then coming back. Pluto's in my 10th house of career is always going to be the theme I'm drawn to, which is like the superhero's journey, which is the quest into Tartarus, the quest into hell and the return home um, to share the story and help the world. And learning that about Nietzsche scared me and gave me comfort because it made things feel real and it made me realize that well it didn't make me realize anything what's come to me i didn't really do any of this this is all just coming through to me um the journeys to the underworld may not ever stop this may be how it is for me and As I've started casting out for a new name, one came to me tonight while I was lying in darkness with a searing migraine, my eyes shut. I just watched Ad Astra with Brad Pitt, which is really good, by the way. Um, But for now, who knows what this means? Who knows how long it will last? But it feels right after a long time of searching and thanks to Chicky's inspiration. I am David Odyssey, and you are the first to hear it. So thank you for bearing with me through that, and I'm really thankful to Chiquitita for sending me on this journey. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. I love you. I feel like so much, I feel like you've been like a very, very prolific bitch during quarantine. And I've like, I just feel like you're kind of everywhere and I have so many questions for you. So I'm really happy we're doing this interview. Yeah, same. Um, Thank you for asking me. And yeah, so I guess I, I want to start because like, I feel like a lot's been happening for you since quarantine started. Um, but I I guess I wanted to start by just asking you, like, what was going on for you before Quore? Like, mm-hmm. where you were performance-wise, like, how you were feeling about your drag. I know you had moved from Queens to Brooklyn last year, yes. and I know, like, 
also just in terms of like where you were on the transition journey, like I kind of want to know if you could catch us up to like where you were January, February, March. Of course. Um, so I started transitioning um, a month before quarantine. I think quarantine wow. happened, what, like March 9th? Like yeah, that sounds right. Something like that, right? Um, so yeah, I started transitioning on Valentine's Day. Um, and then a month later, I'm like, well, shit, now no one's going to see my tits. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like so excited for like the 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 transition of like photos like of every month, like me naked at the club and like the boobs just getting bigger and bigger very slowly. Um, mm. mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going to come out of quarantine with tits and that's going to be the gag, um, I think. But people are going to lo- pour money on you. Oh my God. People are going to want to suck them and I will say yes. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, that's where my transition is right now. I just last week switched over from, um, estradiol pills to, um, the estrogen shots, which is making my boobs a lot more sore than normal, which Mm. I think is a good thing. So, um, yeah, I have to do another shot tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to actually, because I thought I was going to be dreading it, but I'm actually like really excited. So it's so exciting. Like It's I just... so exciting. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> you know, you know. Also, this is my first podcast, like, as a guest. I've never been a guest on a podcast before, and I have been trying for so long. I guess I haven't been trying that hard, but thank you. That's <laughs> No, but that's unthinkable. And you're a Leo, right? I am most definitely a Leo. Yeah, so I think that part of you has been, like, languishing. So, But that's unthinkable to me because, like, your podcast with Baby Love called Shows, which everyone should listen to, like, it's so, um, I don't know, it's so natural and, like, you're so good at chiming in and, like, being really funny and, like, making fun of the guests but not ever derailing it. Like, I always (laughs) love that aspect of it. It's so (laughs) funny you say that because the episode that we had Charlene, I was like, we're just going to let her talk. Like, I'm not going to say anything. And then when I was listening back, I'm like, okay, I really didn't say anything. (laughs) Like, I just let her go. (laughs) Well, you did my live show at Housing Works, but, like, that is my strategy, which is, like, we're just going to like let Char take the mic for like 15 minutes at a time. And I mean, everyone in the room wants. is going to be gagged wants. to death. Yeah. Exactly. Like, every, because it once she starts, it just comes out and goes and goes and goes. And, and also, like her, the, your interview with her, I was, I was <laughs> in Food Bazaar listening to it and I started crying because like ah! it, it ended in this really beautiful place where you're talking about like, reclaiming your inner childhood yeah um yeah i i (laughs) honestly all i remember from that podcast is her comparing um the brooklyn nightlife scene to greek mythology that's all i remember other than that (laughs) girl it is all a blur (laughs) like also she like brings up share i think at one point and it's just like yeah they're both tauruses yeah 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 you know um but uh, yeah, I love that episode, the one with Tyler also. I was like, I don't want to talk too much. I think it's honestly just their apartment. I just love their apartment. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and look at all of the bedazzled bullshit that's just like laying around. Um, so I'm curious, like, because I, I actually just did an interview with uh, a comedian who 
they are going, they're doing top surgery right now. And like, I think I, this isn't an, I don't think it's really interesting to me to hear about like transition during quarantine because like there is this like cocoon aspect of it where it's like yes we all would have of course loved getting to see the transition like week to week instead you get more time like in the dark to do this and i'm just curious Mm. like what that has been like for you well For me, I think it's been a little more, I mean, my transition in general is pretty subtle since considering the fact that I just started. Um, It is. You're right. Thanks, David. (laughs) You're like, and you still look like a dude. Just kidding. Um, No, but for a lot of girls, I am so jealous actually of the girls that are getting their faces and bodies done during the fucking quarantine girl i'm like yeah. my friend heron just got her face done my friend leah just got her face done and i'm like by the time we get out girl the swelling will have like died down and like you're just gonna look amazing and i'm so it's so like it. old hollywood of like oh it's she's so going good. on a ski trip for I six know. weeks you know? i know it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> and i'm so jealous because i'm like Fuck, if I knew I had to be in isolation for six months, girl, I would have booked an appointment two years ago, you know? But, I mean, your face and body are already... They're right. I know. They're right. I know. But, uh, no, but, you know, that's, like, that's the thing about being trans, though, is that you're always just like, well, I just need to work on something, don't I? And, like, the truth is, obviously, we don't have to, but we want to, um, because they help us feel better, but... Um, yeah, I think, I I guess, like, the closest thing that I have to, um, like, the big, like, surprise is, like, my boob growth and, like, my hips, um, and I think that that's gonna be very noticeable for people that are recording me in the crowd, they're gonna be like, oh, I can definitely see a difference, you know, um, but because I'm, I, like, wear so much makeup, I don't think people are gonna be able to clock that aspect of my face, Mm -hmm. Um, but like the physical, like body, like definitely, I think people are going to be able to tell. Well, what I, you know, I cannot stop thinking about, um, your look for the Brooklyn Museum trans lives protest, which was this like stunning Serapi. It was like a smock Serapi moment. Yeah. Well, actually my friend JT went to El Salvador, I believe in February or January, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, Hey, by the way, like I'm going to El Salvador, like, let me know if you need anything. And I'm like, please get me these textiles because I, they are not in America in the USA. Um, they are only in Central America. So, and it's like, it's just one of those things. Like I have been trying, um, like to sort of connect with my ancestry and like Mm -hmm. my bloodline a bit. Um, even if it's not like directly with my family, there's, there's some correlation, there's a lot of correlation between that textile and my life, you know? So mm. it, I hold it very near to my heart. I got that white one. They also got me this um, orange and yellow, which maybe I'll also make, um, what do you call them? Kilts? Are they kilts or like smocks? I don't know. Okay. What are they? What are they called? Like a, like a, like a, what is, what is the word that I'm looking for? For, for what? <laughs> for like <laughs> the shape for the shape that I made. It's just like a 
What is it oh, for the shape? It was kind a of tall. Like, no. Yeah, it was. I don't want to say a smock or a cape, but it was this kind of like, it's like triangular at the bottom and curved at the top, right? I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, it, it's basically, it's basically like a, it, I don't know. Just imagine like the Emperor's New Groove, like what they wear in the Emperor's New Groove. That's what I was wearing. Um, well, it was so chic because your makeup and your eyebrows were devastating. And then you had this just gorgeous, understated <laughs> um you know serapi and it, it was so I, I was like i couldn't stop looking so thank you um, thank you I, we're only if you know listen i i've been curious about this too because i i have noticed it seems like there's a lot going on for you which is like you're transitioning you're blowing up and also it seems like you've experienced like some death in your family and it's there seems like at least via social media like mm-hmm. i i have noticed this reconnection with your uh like blood heritage and Mm -hmm. i'm just curious like what that journey has has been like especially lately um well i i spoke on that post about um sort of i i think i felt it i felt this specific feeling i think for the last year um i think it started one day when i was like watching these older like hispanic women and Latina women, like, singing to each other at, like, a, I forget who the artists were, but they were singing to each other um, at, like, a stadium or something surrounded by a bunch of people mm. and in Spanish. And I was like, fuck, like, I will never be able to see, um, I will never be able to see the women in, in my family eye to eye like that, I don't think. And, like, that took me into, like, a really crazy spiral for a while about how I am not really necessarily connected to the women in my family and I really want to be, but because of transphobia and how rooted that and homophobia are in a lot of cultures, um, I, I, I was just, it's just something that I kind of like came to the conclusion of whether it was true or not. Um, and since then I have, um, connected a lot more with the women in my family specifically, my niece and my sister and some of my cousins and a sister, a little sister of mine, which I never really spoke to, but she's like 13 and she looks just like me. It's like uncanny. Mm. It is insane. She has my face. We both have my grandmother's face. Um, and I don't know. It, it, it's stuff like that where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a part of the lineage. Like that is undeniable. Um, so, I just have to own that, you know? And like, I, I I have to own the fact that I am first generation Salvadorian American woman, trans woman in United States of America. And like, that's my story. And I have to, at the same time, like keep these bonds with, with my family members, even if sometimes it might feel like I am alone most of the time. Like, you just gotta like, you just gotta do it, you know? You know, Amber just showed me the Grace Jones documentary and like there's this really intense part where Grace Jones goes back to Jamaica and like Grace Jones like came from this super religious family and like Mm -hmm. they didn't want her to be a singer because they didn't believe that women should be allowed to sing. And like Mm. she has this fucked up 
history with it, but it's so interesting because like, it's so, it all kind of comes back and then it informs her music, especially like her Mm -hmm. last album is so informed by her heritage. And like, when you think about Grace Jones, like so much of the music that she grew up with is what made her so unique. And like, yeah, like your, that side of you is like such a big part of, I think like your look your aesthetic, like, and what makes you who you are. So like, yeah, it's heartening to hear that there's like, I just think like as an artist, that reclamation has to happen for you, like as Juku, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, thank you. I, I totally agree with that. And only, only in the past couple of years have I been like, and by past couple of years, I, I mean like year, year and a half, maybe even two, have I been like, okay, like, I really need to let people know that I'm Hispanic and that I'm Latina. Mm. And I think it stems from the fact that my name is Juku and that has absolutely no correlation with my heritage (laughs) whatsoever, considering the fact that it is a Japanese word. Um, So I just kind of, and that's also why I got, like, El Salvador tattooed on my neck because I'm like, girl, like, I'm tired of people asking me where I'm from. Like, I should they should see me and know, you know what I mean? But also like no one can do that because no one is clairvoyant, but like have a hint that have a clue that maybe I'm not from, maybe I'm like not Japanese, you know? (laughs) Like, No, but I love that that like rediscovery happened through like seeing performance and hearing music too. Cause like, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the, the thing like with you, I, I think a lot of people in like the nightlife worlds have this image of you cause you're very young and like a lot, mm-hmm. I, I know that I personally, like, even though I don't know you that well, I see you as this kind of like, kind of an ingenue and kind of like a, a, like a younger sister in the community. And we're all getting like, mm-hmm. like each time I see you perform, I'm like, oh, Juku's developed this thing. And like, oh, Juku's hair looks like this. Like, it's been really interesting to see you perform and like see you evolve as you go. And I'm like really curious about how you're like, how you look back on like from when you started to now and like how much you've changed as a performer. Yeah, so I, I guess like back to like the lineage thing, mm. I take a lot, if not all and I always I always like to say like the people that I'm inspired by like most likely are not alive you know what I mean like Mm. I'm inspired by drag artists from like 60s 70s 80s 90s that um were at their peak and then like died of AIDS you know what I mean and it's like fuck like no one is here to like keep that legacy going for because for a lot of them maybe they didn't have drag families or maybe you know they did and those kids stopped doing drag and there's no one to carry i feel like now especially in the age of drag race there's nobody to carry that lineage of Mm -hmm. drag like perfection and and like the exquisite energy that a lot of these women carried most trans women carried um and i think like i i want to embody that you know what i mean and that's not Mm -hmm. where my goal was when I started like when I first started my goal was drag race my goal was like getting on tv getting coin traveling the world now my goal has been like perfecting my 
my craft and my performance and my looks and making sure that people recognize, um, yes, she is young, but also like this girl is older than her and she ain't doing that shit. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I take a lot of, I, I guess, um, and I've had this conversation a lot of times before where people are like, well, you're so young. Like, how do you, like, how do you even know, you know? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I, I, since I did start nightlife when I was like 16, I think I just kind of had to grow up so quick and like yeah. fool the people around me into thinking that I belong there and um, watch my tone and like watch the things that I would say, make sure I wasn't saying the wrong things because I didn't want to get kicked out or like be looked at funny as like, oh my God, she's so young. Now I'm like, girl, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. But um, cat's out of the bag. But um, yeah, I, I had to worry about all those things. And I think that that helped me grow so fast. And it also, I think, like, set goals in my head super quick. And I have been able to accomplish them super quick because I look around and, like, I, I personally, I'd never see any one of my sisters as competitions or the people that work in Broken as competition. I think everybody has their own performance style and their own look and their own goals. Mm. Um, so I, I think like I've, I've stuck to my goals and I, I know what I want out of this. So as long as I just keep doing it, I'm going to get it. You know, it's just like with drag, it's all like a time game. You just have to be patient. I love that. And like, it's interesting because like you said that obviously you look to like the elder queens for inspiration. But like when I think about the queens who are in your immediate orbit, which is like in my head, I'm like Pantera, Baby Lush, Dakota, Mm -hmm. Charlene. They're Mm -hmm. all in that similar place of like wanting to be the best artist they can be and not necessarily this like global brand or whatever. Right. Well, I think that's when you lose. You know, yeah. like you're, you're, you just like you, you sell yourself to be something that just you can buy anywhere, you know, like, I don't know. I, uh, I, I completely agree with you. And of course, like Charlene has, I always say, helped me come to terms with a lot of the things of um, like in my life, like in terms of, of me as a trans woman and also me as an artist and like what I want out of those things and how I want people to feel. She is the reason that I have allowed myself to go there. Um, mm. And and yeah, like you said, like Wes and Panthera, um, all of these performers, I think, understand the power that drag has and performance has, and that you can completely shape the way that everyone in the room is feeling. And then, you know, like in the, in the drop of a hat, like make them feel something else, um, which is powerful there's so much power in that and so much power in drag and i think like it is quite unfortunate that a lot of these girls that sell out just will never get the the privilege of of feeling those things you know and like being able to completely shift the room's energy because they don't know who they are and that's at the core of it you know i feel bad talking shit because i've interviewed this person and i love talking shit are you kidding Okay, look, I saw I saw Sasha Velour's like touring show and I just remember feeling like this isn't 
like a random night at the vault, I just go through so much more of an emotional journey yeah, than this like sit down presentation, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just something saying, yeah. more, uh, yeah, there's just like, there's like, you're ripping through the like membrane and like grabbing me, you know? Right. I think once you like, I, I don't know. I have a problem with still saying that I'm like a performance artist or like how good I am at that because I don't want people to then have the authority to critique that. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, I didn't really, you know, like me as like a, as like a this person, like I, I didn't really, she didn't really take me there. It's like, mm. well, fuck, if I never told you, you would have never, you would have right. never had that thought, you know? Right, of course. And that's why, well, I mean, that's the interesting trans aspect, which is like mm-hmm. this indefinable part of it. Um, yeah. What I'm curious too is like, you are like out all the time. And then once this started, I feel like you <laughs> adjusted really quickly where you were one of the queens who was like, able to jump to Instagram live pretty seamlessly. It seemed like to me, especially doing oops, which I feel like got a lot of attention during quarantine. And I'm just curious about like what, what, like what you've learned performing wise or like what you've enjoyed from doing oops live and other Instagram shows, which I know you do with West Dakota, but generally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, we got very lucky um, yeah. because we basically, we were supposed to do a, a show the Friday before um, the first digital oops that we did um, at the vault. We do a show called Voops. It's basically oops at the vault. <laughs> um, but we were supposed to do that. And we were like, Hey, like, we don't think it's a good idea. Sorry. Like we're not going to make it. We don't want people to get sick at our show and have it be our fault. So, um, and, and there was really no hindsight. We didn't know that next week the bars would be closed. We had no idea that that was going to happen. Um, but, but we got lucky. We were just like, Oh shit. Well, lucky for us, all the bars are closed. So it's fine. We don't have to do this every week. Um, but Monday comes and me and Wes are like, should we just do it like online? Like, I feel mm. like that would be really crazy. Um, so we we decided to do Oops online and wow, it was it was a lot. Like it in a great way. I think like we learned like definitely that we don't love performing <laughs> in our empty bedrooms. Mm. Um you're good at it, but yeah, there's a, yeah, I get what you're <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's just like when it's done, you look around and you're like, well, I'm drunk and there's <laughs> no one here. So like, what do I do? Um, but yeah, we, we got really lucky with that and we did it for a couple of weeks, but I think we also, um, we knew when to call it quits and just be like, okay, the numbers are going down. Um, mm. people are getting uninterested. It's been about a month. I think it's safe to say we're going to take a step back. Um, so we do that. And I basically didn't perform online up until like a week and a half, two weeks ago from that, um, last oops that we did, because I was like, well, I have a good amount of coin saved up from the digital shows. I, um, rent's paid. I'm good. Like, I don't need to stress myself out. 
um, let me just work on my art behind the scenes and also like focus on myself as a person and try and learn about myself um, now that I have this free time. So I did that. Um, and now I'm coming back and doing some shows, but it's just obviously like nothing compares to the, the uh, what am I saying? Um, the audience. Sorry, I was staring at my yeah. hamster and I got really distracted. Um, <laughs> but nothing, absolutely nothing compares to an audience, a live audience. So yeah, if there's anything I've learned, it's that. Yeah. I- I mean, I, I should say you came back like a week and a half ago to do that video for Netflix, which was yes. amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I was actually really nervous about how they would edit me and it was quite the edit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I gave you so much content. What do you like? Why did you choose that? Uh, I don't know. I know. I know. I know. But no, you still yeah. shown and like you Thank and you. Dakota... I'm glad that you've both figured out that you like you have such iconic eyebrows that I can like spot them oh, anywhere. Oh my god, that is so and funny. There's been actually this has happened at like two protests now where I've seen both of you wearing masks and I've been like, oh, I know that bitch. <laughs> just because I have the eyebrows, but um yeah, like I I, I just I, it's I keep thinking this, which is like I can get used to pretty much anything in quarantine, but mm-hmm. like the no nightlife to me is I know. the one thing where I'm like, there's just no, it can't be replaced. Like period, period, I period. know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's so fucking devastating. Um, I, I don't know. I, a part of me, it, it's really interesting actually, because a part of me has been like, you know what? I don't actually miss getting blackout drunk as much as I thought I would. And I still think that that's true. But also, like, I miss being around my friends and, like, all of us being fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily miss being fucked up, but I miss being fucked up with my friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and, and yeah, I'm just curious about that because, like, you were out every single night, it seemed like. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it what, a, what is uh, that like now? Yeah, so you, I remember you asked me about, um, what I was feeling before the quarantine. Um, Mm. I actually was thinking about taking a break because I basically have been performing in drag nonstop since I was 16. Um, Obviously then I wasn't doing as much as I am now um, or as busy as I am now, but I basically have been working on my drag for five years and Mm. I have not given myself a vacation necessarily. I think the longest I've gone without drag is probably a week maybe yeah um since then but yeah I think this is definitely the longest I've gone without drag but I I was thinking about taking a break because I I just felt very unmotivated um from all of like the club another club bus plane club another club um and I was just feeling drained and my body just didn't feel right and I just I felt like I was sacrificing a lot by working a lot, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't necessarily working on my art as much as I was um, just getting through it, you know? And that's obviously not how I want to look at my job or um, my career. I don't ever want to be tired of it. I don't ever want to be like, give me a fucking break. Like I want to be excited every time that I have an opportunity. Um, And at that point I wasn't as excited as I should have been. So 
I clocked that early. Um, and then the, the fucking quarantine came and I was like, oh my God, I am so happy that I yeah. can take a break because fuck, I really needed one. Um, but now I'm like, I'm pumped. Like, I'm like, I am ready. Let me know when the first day is, when I can have a hundred people in the room and I will be there. Yeah. Like, uh, have you thought at all about like, I don't want to say anything you want to do differently, but like just what maybe like what aspects of it you're looking forward to or like what things maybe you want to try that are new or what things you like want to focus on, like, or or what aspects of it you miss particularly, you know? Yeah. Um, well, some things that I want to work on, I think, um, is making or creating more parties or like really like fun events. Um, because I have done a couple in the past and not to toot my own horn, but they have been successful. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. Like I know how to put on a show. People at this point have considered me reliable. Um, and trust that I will not let them down today um, or tonight. Um, So I'm happy about that, you know? And I want to do more of that. Like, every month, I want to have a fucking banger. Like, one Saturday of the month, like, just something fucking crazy where everyone needs to go because it's this is the theme or, like, this is the idea and that hasn't happened before and it's so stupid. Let's go. Um, So, yeah, those are some things that I want to do differently. I I basically just want to do more um i get what you were saying though about like because i've go-go danced with that group and like Mm -hmm. when i've go-go danced with char there's this aspect of like it just keeps escalating and it's not like it's it it is kind of like i have to survive and i have to prove to myself that i can do this but I, i can understand the aspect of like there isn't a lot of time to like think about what you want to do or like what you want to develop and you're just like pounding it and like any show that any show or party that you do like maybe people who haven't seen you or been in a room with you know but like you are like fucking slamming it pounding it giving it your all so like i can understand the exhaustion so i love the idea that you're like wanting to be curating and like kind of creating culture more yeah, definitely creating culture because I mean, I uh, first of all, I don't get paid enough. So I'm like yeah, I'm going to pay myself. You know what I mean? I'm I've gotten to that point where I'm like, "Wait, I actually know how much money you're getting and I know that you're you're trying me right now and you're not giving me my worth or my girl's my worth, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um obviously, sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes the bar is just honestly don't make that much money but if that's the case then i'll be the bitch to bring your bar that money you know what i mean and like make sure that i can get paid tonight um so i don't have to worry about that but yeah definitely creating culture um i think that there's like a couple of events that we might look forward to from time to time but there's no there's nowhere that says that i can't do that so i'm just gonna do it can you believe that the met gala was like over a year ago I like don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I I really it's insane. It's insane. Cuz that was kind of like an iconic moment. You know, like I can't yeah. believe that even happened. Well, I I definitely want to bring that back too. Also, that's one of the parties that I'm referring to. Um I wanted to do one in April or May rather, but yeah. it ended up not happening. 
obviously. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, in terms of like the response to Oops Live, because I do feel mm-hmm. like it got a lot of attention, and like mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious. Even like seeing you on Netflix, I was like, oh, I love when this happens. <laughs> like, did you feel like there was like a a bit of a blow up, glow up moment? Blow up, glow up from from Oops Live. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I have a couple of like popular um girls like from the drag scene that follow me and a lot of those girls were giving very high praise to like me and Dakota's efforts um so I think like yeah there was there was a bit there was a moment there where it felt like all eyes were on us and we were like oh shit (laughs) like we were not expecting that like that is actually terrifying but also exciting that we like have an audience now that expands more than the 100 people that can fit in a room, you know? Um, So that was awesome. But it was also really scary because we didn't want to fuck up. And there was like technical stuff that we had no control over, but we knew that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be our fault. Um, But yeah, definitely, definitely felt that. But I think um, like everything, people kind of get over it and then, move on to other things. So when we felt that we were like, okay, cool, we're going to cut it. Um, We're going to focus on ourselves during quarantine. If jobs come, whatever, at least this is what I said. Um, If job comes, whatever, I'll see if I'm up for it. But if not, then whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So like, it's been really wild because a lot of the like drag and nightlife community has been out protesting and uh-huh. it's like i don't know it's it's made me so proud and yeah i guess i'm just curious like what what you want the future for drag and for nightlife to look like like what and i know that's a broad question but like you know it's we don't have it right now so like we can kind of dream what we want it to be and I'm yeah. just curious, like, what what are some of the aspects of, like, a future of drag or nightlife in New York that is, like, what you want that could be the best it could be, you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that, like, the spaces that hold racism at their core should be um, held accountable for those things. Um I think that's probably like the biggest thing is that we need diversity in the casts that a lot of these shows, um, a lot of these bars um, like don't have. There's not a lot of diversity, especially in Manhattan. There is not a lot of diversity there, girl. It's like same old shit, same old fucking shit. Um, yeah. And we're tired of that. And I don't know. I think like in Brooklyn, I think we've done a good enough job at diversity um, I don't think that there's a lot of white performers here, except for, like, Charlene, but, I mean, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. Um, but, like, there aren't that many white performers, really, in Brooklyn that are, like, taking charge, necessarily, and then with that charge, or, or rather, like, with that authority, like, using it and abusing it, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think a lot of the, most of the performers that work in Brooklyn are people of color, which I think is like a huge plus and a huge win um, because that means that the girls get paid. But I think 
obviously like the girl should get paid more you know i think mm-hmm. that's like my main thing is that when i get out of here since i have seen the coin that people have online bitch i am demanding that every fucking day that i go out and i think that um i think that everyone else should too you know like these yeah. cards shouldn't be taking advantage of us and i think that's like my biggest the biggest thing that should change i think and like i think there's this aspect of if you're going to be going out and performing every day mm-hmm. you should be earning the money to like be able to properly take care of yourself and not yeah. like destroy your body yeah i mean the it- amount of hours that go into like one look in terms of like okay she have to she has to do her makeup she has to do her hair she has to go to the garment district and get her uh you know fabrics and textiles and then she has to come home she has to make it how many hours is that like and the garment isn't even done you know it's like girl it takes a lot of time like if you were to pay us hourly like whatever we're getting at the bar is nothing you know oh yeah i'm i guess i'm curious like and you've kind of answered this but what well you've you've expressed because the, the question like I, I, I want to ask is like, what do you want for yourself in the future? And like, you so well said that you want to like perfect what you're doing, I guess, like mm-hmm. outside of drag and art, now that you're at this phase of transition, mm-hmm. um, I'm just curious, like in terms of romance or personal life or relationships or, mm-hmm. or anything, even like mm-hmm. if you're, if this time in quarantine has has given you a chance to think about like what you want for yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, me and my boyfriend during quarantine have realized that we don't like want to kill each other when we're around each other 24 seven, which is great. Like huge yes. plus. So which is also rare for a lot of relationships. I know. Yes. During quarantine, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do like, with when, like, I'm a bitch, he's kind of like, okay, like, you're just being a bitch, like, whatever. Um, which works, because What's I can't... Sign? I'm... Oh, his sign? Um, he was born yeah. September 9th. So oh, so... Libra. Sure. <laughs> sure, I don't know. No, I honestly... That's not... That's know. actually not right. He's a Virgo. Okay, which is hot. Sorry. That... Yes, he is a... Yes, he is a Virgo. Like, boots. I don't know too much about signs. I just know that he's a Virgo, and that makes sense. Um, but, anyway, sorry. Yeah. As you were saying, <laughs> you guys have been getting along well. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. No, 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 no. You're fine. Yeah, we, we've been... We, we basically, like, realized that we love being around each other all the time. So, I think, like, sometime soon, maybe when my lease is up in November, hopefully we'll get a place. Um, because we've been talking about that for like two, three months already. And I think that's, I, I basically am just like, cool. Like my life as a drag performer is so exquisite and it's its own entity and Juku is her own persona and has her own audience. But like me as a person, I should also have the life that I want. You know what I mean? Like I should also be comfortable with my partner and like being with them and growing with them um so yeah that's kind of where I'm at I'm like I'm a simple bitch like I want a poodle and like I want to live in a two-floor apartment and just like have that you know yeah I think that's like something that's (laughs) been happening for a lot of us which is like 
once everything had to stop and like our careers got oh yeah Mm -hmm. okay well am i happy like what does that look like and i also feel like with sorry continue no 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 go 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 no i just think like you like you like had already lived a lot of life like you had already done a lot of the psychedelics that i'm discovering now (laughs) like you'd already like lived a lot of life like way early on so you're like in some respects you're like grown up you know and you're able to like be chill with yourself it sounds funny it's funny you said that because i was like how the fuck does david (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i just like spit everywhere sorry oh my god i'm so sorry um i was like how does david know that because i'm like when have I talked about that? But I was like, oh, oh on your duh, podcast. the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, duh, the podcast. Sorry, I just like farted out of my mouth and it sounded so funny. I don't know how it picked up on your end, but um, yeah, psychedelics. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, the psychedelics. I don't know. I, yeah, like acid really, 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 really fucking helped me um, when I was growing up because I had a lot of, drug problems and acid got me out of that it was the last drug that i did um Mm. but acid got me out of that and i like started selling acid and i was like cool like i'm like a shaman or something and like people love that shit um but yeah it helped me discover a lot of what i like how i wanted to feel all the time and like how i should love myself um and all that stuff so yeah, I guess now I'm like, well, I'm in my thirties, right? Like, <laughs> let me like get an apartment, like a two floor apartment with my partner. Who knows? Maybe we'll get married. I don't know. Can I just tell you at my live show, my friends still talk about this. When you revealed your age, oh people God. in the audience like turned to dust and just like desiccated ah! and just like, like there was just this palpable moment where we were like she's that young are you kidding me oh my god that is so funny it's funny to me because i feel like people know that you know what i mean like Mm. how do you not know but it's also funny when someone asks me and they're like how old are you and i'm like i'm 21 and they're like oh i thought you were like 24 i'm like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) because yeah there's this aspect of you where it's like you're really precocious where it's like juku's coming up you know like but then there's also this aspect where it's like okay she's clearly like dealt mentally unstable (laughs) yes yeah 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 definitely which like i'm in my saturn return and i'm like sorting through it but it seems like uh, in it sounds like in high school you had to really like deal on your own you know yeah definitely I think I think it also has to do with like growing up in New York and being a faggot and you're kind of like oh my god I look around and I have no one like all I have are the drugs in front of me um and how does that help you know like it fucking doesn't so I don't know. You just kind of have to like figure all of your shit out, um, which I'm so happy that I did because if I didn't, I would not have dropped out of school to do drag full time, which was one of the smartest decisions of my life. I think. Wait, say that one more time. You broke up. Sorry. I said it. If I, if I didn't um, drop out of high school, I would not have, you know, come to the realization that like I, I needed to do drag full time, you know? Like, I wanted that. 
Yeah, and and I also think like a lot of people are like as artists um, mm-hmm. are trying to figure out like what their thing is. And I think mm-hmm. like you already are like, okay, I already know what my thing is, which is like this heritage and like, let me explore that rather mm-hmm. than like, how can I invent like a new Juku this year? You know, like mm-hmm. you, you, it's more about like you deepening your like own history rather than like creating this like image or brand. And like, I think that yeah. realness stands for something. Thank you. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I don't know. I don't like to feed in a lot. I mean, I know to an extent I have to, as like a businesswoman, like I have to feed into like the corporations and like presenting an image that they want to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, that's to me, not necessarily a bad thing because that means that I'm, presenting the best side of myself you know what I mean and like and that I I don't know am a bad enough bitch to buy which I love (laughs) yeah and you're hot yeah so uh you know my Amber is Amber's big project Uh, is Legends of Drag which is like oh my god I know this this huge beautiful um reclamation and archival of the ans- the ancestors. Uh, uh, it's so and, right, girl. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, if off the top of your head, I know you were talking about, like, your trans and drag influences. Mm-hmm. Like, if there are any that uh, you think listeners should, like, know about or check out or who have been inspiring you lately or, like, mm-hmm. if there's any, if there's any, like, ancient ones who you've gone on like YouTube K holes and that you think people should check out. <laughs> um, definitely the YouTube K holes. Um, I think uh, Dina Cass is like a legend. I think she's from Miami actually. Okay. Um, Erica Andrews, Tandy Andrews um, from the house of Andrews, Roxy Andrews mother and uh, auntie, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I know that, oh my God, uh, uh, Barbie Royale has just been like cir- like circling the internet from like that one number that she does where like her, her she like makes her boobs move from like her pecs. Um, so she like went viral last week, which is so funny. Um, who else? Who else? Mimi Marks also was like stunning. Her mug in the 90s. Oh my mm. God. She like a like built like a fucking sculpture like she she's Mm. oh my god she's just like carved to perfection um yeah i think those i think those are the ones that i maybe like watch over and over the most also like Chantel demarco is like stunning Mm. and i think she's puerto rican or mexican i can't really remember right now but yeah those are all women that i have seen over and over again just like perform on youtube and i'm like you have such a specific energy that I don't think a lot of other people can, can do that. Cause it's, it's, it literally is like a, it's like a soul, you know, like you can't fabricate that. Yeah. Um, Amber showed me this, showed me, I'd never seen, I don't know if you've seen this Miss Honey by Moi Renee. Um, I don't but think so. anyways, it's, it's from the early nineties and she's, wait, don't York- you hear me calling you Miss Honey? Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes, I, I have seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And there is this thing about it where you're like, she is just like so, I guess the word is like defiant because it's like, there was no space for this. And she's just like, I am doing this song called Miss Honey and I'm going to fucking live. And (laughs) you're right. The the soul and like the spirit to it is so real. It's so much spirit. And like, I I know, of course, like to be a drag performer, you have to have spirit and drive for people to believe it and to want to keep watching. But I feel like to, like I very rarely will come across women like that and i'm like mm-hmm. oh bitch like you <laughs> oh my god like i am fed for the week mm-hmm. like you know um but of course like brooklyn has like a number of performers that are like that where i'm like i can watch you over and over and over and over and over again reefy being one of those girls <laughs> <laughs> reefy the way that reefy performs is like my favorite thing in the world and it it has nothing to do with the lineage of trans women on Miss Continental but it is just so perfect the way that Reefy doesn't fucking care (laughs) Reefy does not give a fuck and it's just so perfect it's just I miss seeing her perform girl like I really really do um she told me recently that um Suzanne Barge called her Riffy Royale, yes, which I think is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I need to keep calling her that on the mic so that people continue the, you know, the lineage. Of like, Reefy word of the Eraser. day. Yeah, the Riffy Eraser. Word of the day is lineage, girl. Um. So where can people be following you? Um. When is this coming out? This will come out in August, Leo season. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, by that time, I would have already changed my name. Um, I'm literally doing it like in a couple of weeks, I think. Oh my God. I'm getting like shoots ready. I'm getting like, um, I don't want to call it merch, but I'm carrying basically. This but is I so can exciting. give you, I can give you the, oh my God, you're going to die. You're going to die when I tell you what it is. Do you want to know what it is? Okay, this is kind of an exclusive. Ah! I can't wait. I won't tell anyone until it comes also, out. Also, it is it is Wednesday, July 8th for, for everybody listening. Um, so it has not happened yet. But um, I'm going to be changing my name over to Chiquitita. <laughs> oh Literally, yes. Yeah, it's Chiquitita. It's so ridiculous. I know. <laughs> It's so good because we started this conversation with you being like, I am from El Salvador. Why can't anyone fucking respect that? And now it's like, I know, yeah, bitch. Are they really going to be asking? <laughs> like, no one's going to be like, is she Hispanic? Like, should she be having a Spanish name? Um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's fierce and I think so it's cute. Good. But also, like, I think um, I'm going to basically, like, I, I think I I think my socials and all that is gonna be chiquitita, but um, yeah, like in public it's just gonna be cheeky because it's like a short transition from juku to cheeky, I think, and like it's easy to remember. It also sounds like so cute, cheeky. So well, that's who you. It, it's who you are too, which is like literally the yeah. adjective cheeky, which is like exactly. It's perfect. It's it's, wow, perfect. Is, it's perfect. It took me four ever girl when i tell you like i went through so many names i literally was like 
maybe I should just have like a like a cis like maybe I should just be like Alexandra but I was like should I do that like I was like no I'll just change like my I'm like I'll just like change my IRL name to Alexandra just to be like yeah you're like my name is Tina and we're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) my name is Susie it's like yes yeah it's Susie no cheeky cheeky is perfect cheeky is perfect and i i settled on it like about a month ago and i was like i'm gonna keep just saying it to myself i'm gonna see if i still have butterflies in a week and if i still do then it's right you know like don't second guess it like everything is okay um so i'm really excited i think it's gonna be really fun and i think that I like Juku was basically like my teen years. You know what I mean? Like she was just like, and I'm still going to be a hoe, but like, she was just like such a hoe and like, you know, but like now Cheeky is just like, I don't know. She's just like, she's just more in touch with herself. Well, (laughs) Cheeky is also like, when you think about like the great vampy, like screen women of Hollywood who like were, yeah. were comedians. Cheeky is like, you know, if you think about like Goldie Hawn or Madeline Kahn, yeah. like that's, there's like a self-awareness and like, that is something that only happens as you age. Like yes. Juku is like the young you who like blew up and debuted. And now Cheeky is the you who gets to like have a little fun and play with it and make <sighs> fun of yourself. You know? I'm so excited. I know it like, that's basically like what I've been telling myself. Like, how real is it? Like, how, like, like, is that true? What you just said? And it like totally fucking is, you know, like your, your life and your art is like all of it, you know, like all of this time has been leading to me changing my name and uh, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. I hope nobody takes the Instagram handle. Um, Chiquitita is taken on Instagram, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what's, I just love that you're coming out of quarantine. Like, New name, bitch. New name, tits. Yeah. <laughs> Ser- new name, tits. Like FFS. I got ear pods. It's like it's really it's quite something. They know your name at Netflix. I know, right? Well, I mean, not anymore. They're gonna like lose that contact. That's <laughs> that's the other thing is I was like, shit. Should I change my name before Pride Month? Because I'm basically like. If I do it, like, will I lose opportunities? And also, like, if I do it after, I just got so many cool opportunities and now they're, like, stuck, you know? I don't know, but it's fine. No, but this is just right and, like, it's your, it'll be your birthday, so. Ah! Okay, so perf- So I will make sure. I, <gasps> I should do it on my birthday. birthday. Oh, my God, you're so I mean, smart. That is the Leo move of being, like, uh, Wait. August this year. Oh, I thought you meant August of next year. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you meant the, the podcast was was being released on August of 2021. I was like, wow, like you really have you really interview a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just I'm stupid. So topical. I just, you know, I'm just yeah, that's me. Um <laughs> anyway, by August, by August Cheeky will be here. And it'll be iconic. Um, wait, August what? Do you know? Whenever you like. Uh, I was. Th- I think it'll be late August. Yes. Okay. Because my birthday is the thirteenth. Yeah. I, it's. It. So. I. It, it was looking like to me. Uh, I and we'll email about this. But like the eighteenth, twenty fifth, or maybe September first. Ah! Eighteenth is perfect. Okay, that's great. I'll. I'll make a note of that. Um, Yay! Yeah. 
Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm so excited. Um, thank you so much for having me for your podcast. This has been so fun. Babe, this was such a pleasure for me. I can't wait for people to hear it. And congratulations on every aspect of the baby. your metamorphosis on the baby. <laughs> Okay, that was Chiquitita, who you can follow on Instagram and more importantly Venmo at Chiquitetas. And be sure to wish her a happy birthday. The Luminaries is made with love in New York City, distributed by Authentic Media. Producer is Carly Hugendyke, music by Henry Kapersky and creative director Greg Kozatek. You can follow me, David, at Goldberg Hahn, I think, for now, or at davidgoldberg.online. Thanks for listening. <laughs>